You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Hello and you're very welcome to the Content Academy podcast. I am Phil McGrath, joined as I am every week by Paul Caffrey. Paul, what is up with it, my good man? Oh, come here, just having a great old day. Any any crack with you, Phil? What's happening? What's nah, new? Not a whole lot. Been doing some renovations at home uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, so they're almost finished, thankfully. I can oh, yeah, you've to... got your workspace back then, have you? I know you were getting a, the office and kitchen. and uh, You were getting a lot of stuff done, weren't you? A lot of stuff done, yeah. I finally managed to get my office back to myself because I've been wedged full of stuff that had to be uh, relocated from other areas of the house. So I have my office back, thankfully. And... Uh, Delighted to be back uh, podcasting again. Yes, yeah, and I, I, I could see your, your new setup when we were recording this show. It looks quite nice. The the mic up on, on the arm there, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, got a new mic arm, have that all set up, and a few other little bits and pieces that I won't go on about. But a uh, good episode today. Paul Christine Parmo was our guest on the show, and uh, there was plenty to talk about with Christine, and most interestingly, all about the money mindset. Yes, yeah, money mindset, that dirty, dirty word that sometimes people, you know, like not to mention, especially in the in the likes of Ireland, you know, the UK and beyond uh, on this side. But really what it comes down to is getting that money mindset, you really need to kind of define your goals, actually understand what they are, uh, and then understand the money that's going to be required to do that. So whether it's, you know, philanthropic work or whether it's just to grow your business, at the end of the day, you can only serve if you've actually got resources to do that and money is a very very key resource to that so um i quite like the episode today because we talk about some kind of step-by-step systems that can be uh, implemented and then also looking at results based action strategies so again important stuff because it all kind of relates to well how you actually get that money and that money mindset to actually grow your business so i found it very very useful and uh, there is a nice little uh, bonus in the show notes as well so that's something you should look to check out guys yeah there most certainly is i suppose what we'll do is we'll hand it over to christine and we'll chat to you at the end and we'll go through some of our best bits from today's interview Yes, so as I said, we have Christine Parma from christineparma.com on the line. How the hell are you, Christine? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys? Yeah, can't complain. It's a pretty wet and miserable Sunday here in Dublin, but uh, we won't let that dampen our spirits too much, I suppose. Um, I suppose before we get into the nuts and bolts of the show, you might just give our audience a little bit of background on you. So kind of where you started and what you're up to at the moment. Yeah, sure. So I help heart-centered, ambitious entrepreneurs who want to create a bigger impact and a bigger income. And the way I help them do that is I help them take the brilliance that's in their heads, in their hearts, and get it into their own signature programs, courses, and retreats so that they can leverage their time, have a, a help their clients even better, and make a bigger impact in the world while, journeying, while earning some generous income for themselves too. I love the sounds of that. We're yeah. all about earning some generous income. Generous certainly. income. Um, so you can be more generous in the world also. Well, this That's is it. You know, you, obviously, yeah. if you're helping people, um, karma and all that comes back around. But obviously, 
given the fact that you're giving your time we do appreciate that you do need to be getting something on the back end to kind of justify that time that you're putting into it and we also feel that Absolutely. when you're doing when you're doing things for free and this is something that's come up on the show before is yeah. that when there's no skin in the game people don't necessarily appreciate what they're getting from you so obviously yes. having a little bit of skin in the game kind yes. of prompts them to take a little bit more action and uh, get more done so looking at what you're doing, Christine, and I must say, I really, really like your website. And uh, for regular listeners of the show will know, it's not something I often say. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, that, that's I'm a so real compliment. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a serious compliment there from Phil, you know? Well, um, little secret, I did it myself. And I'm so not tacky. So well, thank you. That's a big compliment. <laughs> I'm even more impressed now that you told me that. <laughs> it's Squarespace for all of you out there in WordPress hell. I was there and went to Squarespace, and it was made my life so much easier. You know? I don't know. There you go. Well, we're operating uh, WordPress at the moment. Uh, we're quite happy with ours, but Paul. Yeah. Well, we use Squarespace for uh, one of our other fantasy sports islands uh, holding uh, sites. That's, so okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that was a simple website was needed that we weren't really going to manage or maintain too often, but a little kind of a face to a business. So, yeah, uh, great platform and thoroughly would recommend it as well. So, yeah. yeah. Um, OK, I think there's so much or there's probably so much here that we could talk about. Obviously, I've had a look through your site and there's a lot of brilliant content there. And I really like the way, you know, you use the power of three. You're getting your message across and it's about helping people, but then also profiting from that as such. Um yeah. How do you help people become focused on the fact that their business has to make money? Because some people tend not to like talking about that. Yes. Well, so the if you're an entrepreneur and you really want to get your message out into the world, if you feel like you have something of value to share with the world, and I believe that everybody does have something of value to offer the world, um, if you're not charging for your services or you're not charging enough for your services to make not only to make ends meet but to not be in financial struggle that you can actually thrive in the business that you've created then you're not really in business you have an expensive hobby yes um absolutely. yes and, and i true. know a, a lot of heart-centered entrepreneurs, and by heart-centered, I mean a lot of entrepreneurs who are in the healing arts, who are more spiritual, or um, who are really very much about, you know, giving to other people. They, they have this um, mindset around money that somehow money and getting paid for what you're doing is somehow not spiritual. And it's not maybe moral to make a lot of money about uh, with what you love, especially if you love doing it. It's like, oh my yeah. gosh, I love it so much. I would do it anyway, even if I wasn't paid. But that doesn't serve you, your clients, or the world if you're not compensated for the services that you're providing to other people. Absolutely. And I mean, it's something I remember Pat Flynn mentioned many, many years ago is the fact that, you know, he can better serve his audience if he actually has the means to do it. So yes. you can only go so far without having uh, some sort of bankroll or some sort of funding. Um, right. Because sadly, we can't do everything ourselves, no matter how much we, we might like to try, especially starting out. Right. And, you know, if you think about it just from a very logical perspective, and this was a mindset shift that I went through myself um, quite some time ago, way back in high school. Um, I was very into the environmental movement and I thought, you know, I used to think corporations are terrible, they're greedy, yeah. they're the ones destroying the earth, they're cutting down all the trees. 
and I used to donate to causes that, you know, pr help pr protect the environment. Um, but I couldn't donate very much because I had no money, basically. <laughs> and I realized that if you have a dollar to your name, then you can give a dollar, you know, to help somebody. But that's all you yeah. can give. And that doesn't go very far. I thought, gosh, you know, if I made money in a way that is in alignment with my values, then that I was putting out a value to the world and really helping people. And if I made money that way, I could feel really great about earning it, first of all. And second of all, I would have so much more money to share, to, to do the things that are important to me, to give it to charity if that's what's important to me, or to give scholarships to my clients who really can't financially afford my services. I mean, you know, you, you can yeah. look at what Marie Forleo is doing, for example, you know, with her B-School, it's, you know, been such a huge mm -hmm. success. And she actually gives scholarships and quite a few scholarships to um, students who want to be in the course, but maybe having a tough time financially being able to afford it. And you can't do that unless you are being paid enough for your services and the value you're providing to be in a position, a financial position to be able to afford to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you then go about when you're talking with your clients? And obviously money is a bit of a dirty word. Let's be honest. People get very uncomfortable when we start talking about money, but it's yeah. just a fact of life. You know, it has to be done. So how do you get around that with your clients and get them to see that change and what they need to do to get past those kind of feelings they have around charging for their services? Right. Well, so the first the first thing comes back to um, comes to your money mindset and how you can start to correct a unsupportive money mindset is to give your money a purpose and you give your money a purpose that's important to you that's in alignment with your values right so if okay. if you're a um a, you know spiritual healer and um you know helping people to um discover their connection to the divine is something that's really important to you then the more you know it makes sense and if you think about it logically the more uh people that you can help to do that then and if money is supporting you doing that by you're being able to um maybe publish a book or uh have a great website uh, that people can find you because that i mean that's what it, one of the things that's so huge is you know i really believe that everybody ha is put on this earth to like interact and meet and connect with certain people and you have people that are uh, uniquely yours to serve and that you can uniquely do given your expertise and your life experience and if your people quote your people can't find you then they can't get that healing or that help that you can give them so if you don't have money to put your message out there in a bigger way then you're really limiting the impact that that you can have. So if you give your money a why, if you think, okay, I'm not, you know, if it's in your value set that, um, yes, you want some money so you can have a more comfortable lifestyle and you, you know, you're not struggling financially, but you also want to do all these great things with your money. You want to give to charity. You want to, um, help people. You want to, um, help your family members. You know, if you give your money a why, then you can start to feel really good about, uh, charging for your services and charging enough for you to actually make a profit because you know, then you could share that profit yeah and I, I love i love that concept and i mean then in terms of helping your clients find a why i mean we've spoken on the show before about your why being the driving force behind what we right. do 
but in terms of giving your money away how yeah. do you how do you drill down into that with your clients to kind of figure out how they can kind of label their income as into what they want to do with it yeah well so a simple exercise you can do um, is to decide how much you want to make in a year say you wanted to make just to make the number around a hundred thousand dollars in the year then you can subtract from that okay this is you know how much i need for my housing this is you know my living expenses take that out yeah see how much you have left over and say okay what do i want to do with this money do i want to take my family on a great vacation do i want to donate to charities and causes that are near and dear to my heart um, do I want to um, help out a friend or do I want to leverage some of this money into growing my business so that I can make an even bigger impact and help more people and actually assign dollar amounts, divide up that money and assign the amounts of when I make this $100,000 this year, this is how much I'm going to give to charity. And that can be a really big driver for people. If it's, you know, for example, I, I say charity because phil uh, philanthropy is very important to me. Yeah. And I, in I integrate that into my business model. Um, then you say, okay, if I make $100,000, I'm dedicating uh, that and committing that I'm going to give 10% of my revenues to charity, so that's going to be $10,000. And you think about beyond the money, you think, okay, well, when I donate this $10,000 to, for example, the Fistula Foundation is one of the um, organizations that I support, how many lives is that going to change? So it takes about $230 to provide a life-changing surgery for women who've had um, obstetric difficulties and you know childbirth and they have problems. So okay, you divide that into $10,000, you know, roughly you're going to be able to help say 45 to 50 women change their lives entirely, not be ostracized by their community, uh, not be incontinent all over themselves. I mean, you know, you can think of like, well, if I donated to UNICEF, how many mouths does that feed? How many children am I helping to save and change their lives? So it goes, you know, goes beyond just the dollar amount. It goes into what does this money do when I'm putting it into action in the world? What good can I do with my money? And so if you think of money in terms of that and your ability to make money in terms of that, that you're able to set off huge waves of goodness in the world, then and you think even the people that you help, then because you help them, they can go and help other people. It's a you're magnifying your impact tremendously when you do that. Yeah. I think when people connect to that, they they start to get it. Yeah, and it's a great way of looking at it. And from a practical point of view, I appreciate everything you're saying and, and the, the lives that you can change and you can help. But from our own kind of business point of view as well, when you get those days where you're not necessarily feeling it, you just don't want to get going. You have things we all have to do. Paul, you know what I'm talking about. Those days we've been there and you're just not ready. You really just don't feel like you want to do it. The thought of letting those people down that you're going to help can often be the biggest kick that you need to keep mm -hmm. going. Not necessarily saying, well, I want to make $10,000. And right. that might be enough of a kick for some people to get up and get going. But I want to help 45 to 50 people here with this yes. money. That's a bigger incentive to keep going and pushing yeah. through when, when you're not really feeling it. And we've all had those days where you know you've got stuff to do and you just can't seem to get motivated. And I, I like that way of thinking and that way of kind of the perspective that you can put on your work, not, not only your income. Right. And that's actually the psychology that's behind when you look at uh, people who are fundraising for charity by swimming across the English Channel or you know climbing Mount Everest, it's 
you know, the, the things that are maybe very challenging and scary and hard to do, they are able to do those things because they have this bigger why pulling them forward. And that's yeah. so key in business, you know, I, in general, yeah. to have that bigger why pulling you forward. Yeah, I mean, it all makes total sense. You know, you need to understand that you can you can set a smart goal. But if you know you haven't got the level of detail underneath, you don't have that why it's very easy to go off track. So for me, I've goals written down. And that's something I look at on pretty much a daily basis these days. And that's a new thing I've uh, introduced. And it's, it's just kind of helping the process move on. And I suppose the money side of things, it reminds me of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, where they say, you know, you know, uh, money is the root of all evil. And the other dad says the lack of money is the root of all evil. As the book develops, you kind of realize what side of the fence you need to be on. But I suppose at that point, so we've went through the exercise, we've found our why, we understand that we want to have these business goals defined and achieved, uh, our philanthropic or our char charity work, getting that piece there. Um, what I mean, what is the next step to help people actually make that impact that will actually bring them that income what, what do you advise people to do in that instance Christine well um, the first thing is you've got to organize you've got, you've got to decide how you want to impact people um, and if it's if you're in business it's going to be primarily through business or it can be primarily through business um, so then you have to decide well um, how am I going to create that impact through business. You know, am I going to, you know, I work with service-based entrepreneurs. So, you know, you could sell a product, but so many people are service-based. Um, and those are the people that I work with that, you know, they, then it's about, well, how can I get my work organized and systemized mm -hmm. so that I can leverage my time, my impact, and actually give my clients even better results. And that's where creating your signature programs comes in. Because that, in my opinion, when you're, when you're, you know, it's content academy, when you're talking about content, that is the most powerful and most valuable piece of content that you can create. It, because once you have your knowledge systemized as, you know, I call it a program, yeah. then you can repurpose that and repackage it so many different ways to grow your business, but also for people to access the help that you can give them. You can put it in blog posts, you can put it in retreats, you can put it in workshops and seminars and you know other live events or webinar trainings or group programs or one-on-one -on -one coaching. You know, it goes it goes on and on. But it all comes back to that core message that you're sharing. And when I talk about a program, um, the it's really key to systemize and to organize your knowledge because if you're you know like so many coaches are unfortunately if you're just kind of like taking the approach of you know I'm charged by the session I charge by the hour and it's kind of like yeah. well what's coming up for you today there's no there's not much structure there and structure is so important to clients getting results and the accountability that goes along with that structure. And when you have your process, you can say, you know, my client starts here, they go through the steps of my personal transformation system, my program, my signature program, and at the end, they have this result. And at, you know, at the end of the day in business, results are what people buy. That's what's enticing, yeah. to them. that's what's compelling to them, and that's what's valuable to them, and that's what people will pay and pay more for is your system. Absolutely. I, I look, it sounds great. Uh, and really the whole <laughs> systems thing, it's something which 
um, we've had success with, but we've also struggled with over the years as well. It's it's kind of it's been an up and down over the last seven eight years, really. Um, any tips for people maybe starting out, maybe creating their first system? You know what to take on initially, uh, and you know how how that might be managed. As far as organizing their knowledge and their expertise. Yeah. Yeah, let's say they're online content. So they have their content and now they're, I want to systemize this. Where where could I start possibly? Um, well, so for example, you know, if you're producing online content, you start with um, going back to your ideal client. And you really have to, you know, a lot of people talk about who's your ideal client, but you really have to um, know your ideal client because if you don't know your ideal client, then you won't use the language that resonates with them, resonates with the problems they have, mm. and resonates with, you know, gives them the results that are actually um, valuable to them and enticing to them. So that, you know, that comes back to creating your irresistible core offer, which I help my clients do in my um, Profit Now with Premium Programs service and also my one-on-one uh, consulting work. So, but when you are looking at, you know, your ideal client, organizing your knowledge, um, one mistake that so many people make is that they uh, confuse their process with the uh, with the actual and, and their language around their process and how they talk about the, when I say process, it's the work that you do um, with the language that the clients will identify with. Hmm. So often, uh, you know, when somebody's kind of you know out there looking for a solution, the problem they think they have. Um, is in, maybe expressed in one particular, you know, a set of words and language versus uh, what you as the transformation uh, yeah. change maker know that they need. And I'll give you an example. So my mentor, um, T. Harv Ecker, his first uh, live event, his introductory live event um, was called the Millionaire Mind Intensive. So that uses a very compelling, enticing hook to get people in the door because people think, oh, it's about making money and money is one of the, the hooks that keep people in the door. And, you know, it's not uh, deceptive because, you know, he talks about mindsets, the millionaire mind intensive. Um, and the reality is if you can't get people in the door, if you can't get people to your website, if you can't engage people, then they won't get the help they need. They won't, they won't be around to find out how you can actually help them. So the Millionaire Mind Intensive, it entices them, you know, to come to the live event. And then in the live event, it's all about personal development in mindset. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, is very key to whether or not you make money to your your having level if your having level in money is very very small then you're going to find ways to sabotage yourself or make poor decisions poor business decisions so that you don't make money because you think ooh money's evil ooh it's yeah. bad if you have that mindset you're not going to attract money to you or if you attract it you're going to lose it you're going to find a yeah. way to get rid of it so it's you know from that aspect going back to what I was talking about Harv is the expert knows there's a lot of mind work and mental work that has to be done and is done in the live intensive. But if he had called it um, personal development, how to you know how to have a powerful mindset, is yeah. it as enticing? You know, yeah. would it get people in the door as much as the millionaire Probably mind not. intensive? So what the people thought they want and they 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 know they want they want money. 
And what Harvest the expert knows is that you're not going to have money if you have the wrong mindset. So you get them in the door with connecting, uh, with that communication with what the client, the ideal client, yeah. feels they want, get them in the door, and then you go about the work of change that is necessary to get them to the result that they need. And it's the same process with um, with anybody who's a service provider. So, you know, there's a whole process I take my clients through in um, extracting their brilliance from their head and their hearts and putting it into their system. Uh, but, you know, it, it starts with having a compelling core offer. And then you have, um, you think about the end result that your, that your client wants and you work backwards from there and, and develop a step-by-step -step process. So when it comes yeah. to you know getting back to looping back <laughs> all the way around mm -hmm. to content for your blog or your website, you think about what do my clients think they want? What would they connect with? What are what would be relevant information to them? And you build your um, content around that, whether it's your website, your blog, your um, signature program, webinars you're giving. And you connect with your clients where they are, and then you pull them forward through the transformation to get to the result that you know will help them and they need. Yeah, it's it's a bit like um, I know we spoke about this before on the show, Paul. It's a little bit like Steve Jobs. People don't know what they want until I tell them they want it. Um, to yes! paraphrase what he was saying, but <laughs> yeah, it's not an exact quote Sometimes. there, Paul. I know you're you're looking at me a bit strange. Not an exact quote, but it's the same principle. Um, it's his idea, absolutely. You know, you've kind of got to got to kind of get them in the door with what they think they want, and once they're in there, you can start to change their their kind of uh, beliefs about what really they need. You know, so kind of focusing on that is something certainly our audience should definitely look at when it comes to creating your content and something about myself and Paul have done um, when we, we uh, look at the content that's going out we'll, we'll go backwards and we'll start at the end and we know where we want to go and what we're hoping to produce over the next six to eight months and then yeah. we kind of reverse engineer that into our content and how we can break that down um, mm -hmm. step by step to ultimately lead them to where they want to be six eight months down the road so i really like how, how that's done and the mindset behind that and i suppose just kind of moving on from that um obviously you've been doing this for quite some time and one of the questions i wanted to ask you is there a common theme amongst the clients that you work with that seems to come up time and time again around creating the, the kind of value proposition for their audience um so with the clients I work with, they kind of fall into two camps. Uh, one camp is struggling with, uh, do I have anything of value to offer? Or do I have anything that's valuable enough that people will actually pay me more than $50 an hour, hmm. for example? Yeah. And they, they're lacking that self-confidence around what they know and their expertise and how they help people. And uh, by taking them through the process of organizing their knowledge, of creating their signature program, people believe in systems. People feel safe in systems. And from the um, service provider standpoint, you're like, oh, I have my system now. You know, I, I, I can see all of my knowledge laid out here and all of the steps, and this is how I help people. And that greatly increases their confidence in, in their ability to actually get results for their clients. And they say, ah, I can see that my client is here in this pain and struggle 
And when they work with me through my system, then they come out the other end, so, you know, so changed in whatever you know way that you're helping people. Yeah. And it's the gap between where the person is in pain and the ultimate result they want, the, the dream reality that they want, that's where the power is. So, you know, the other camp of clients I work with, they know the value they provide. They um, want, you know, want to put their message out there in a bigger way or really maybe move from working, you know, a full-time job into following the, the passion that's in their heart and doing the work that they're, they feel like they're really meant to do, but they feel the time crunch. They think, oh, I don't have time to do this. And so many, and it's, it's so unfortunate, so many people think I'm going to, you know, do this work that my, that I'm passionate about, or I'm going to launch my course, or I'm going to make my program, and they get it started, and they never finish. And then it never gets out into the world. They never, and not only do they feel like a failure, but it's not out there helping people in the way that it's meant to help people. So... I, you know, by being guided, hand, you know, step by step, and I take take their hand and show them how to do everything and implement it, and it's a kind of like a done with you service. Then they get it done, you know. And yeah. I, I had one client recently tell me she's like, you know, without the accountability and structures that you're providing, I never would have been this far. She had been uh, trying for over a year and a half to launch her business and start doing this work that she feels called to do and hadn't gotten anywhere. And I'm like, yeah. year and a half of your life. I mean, you think about that. That's a, a good a chunk time. of time. Yeah. yeah. So, um, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, 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 two, where people fall in those, those two camps yeah. and the, the struggles that they have. So when you have the structure, uh, you can, the time becomes irrelevant. And when you think of time, you know, time is the only uh, non-renewable commodity we have in life. You can make more Absolutely. money, yep. you know, yeah. you can't make more time and you only have a finite number of days in this lifetime. And that's really, I've had some experiences in my life where that's really been driven home. So if you feel like you're, you're put on this earth to do particular work and help people, then time is of the essence. Yeah. And time is is most valuable. And you think, oh, well, it's um, too risky or it's too expensive to pursue my passion or it's too um, hard to start a business. Well, what's the alternative? You're living a life that is not in alignment with what your heart is telling you is your calling and your purpose and your mission. And like how you get to the end of your life and you have all these regrets about what you didn't do. I mean, and it costs you in terms of relationships and in, in terms of what you didn't do and what you couldn't accomplish, and it's the woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, yeah. what if I had, what if I had done it? What if I had taken a risk? What if I had tried? It's incredible, yeah. isn't it? It's you know, mediocrity is, I suppose, the curse. And then I suppose even if we look a little bit further, I mean, someone who's taken a bit of action, they're actually strides ahead of the huge amount of people who have great ideas. And often, yeah. you know, being in a pub or just a coffee shop shopping with friends. You know, people are aware of the online business myself and Phil are doing, and they'll tell us what we should do. And they have their ideas. And why don't you do it like this? And you're like, look, that's brilliant. And I think that would work for you. But then people just, just don't do anything, you know. So it's very, very sad to see, you know. People yeah. just, you know, they give up on themselves nearly or they don't follow through. But look, that's how things can go. But if 
there's somebody listening to this and maybe they're kind of thinking, okay, right, well, maybe it's my time to start my, my online dream or to start that business, whatever it is. Um, have you any tips, Christine, for someone maybe just getting started, what they could do to actually start today? To start today? Yeah. Well, the first tip is to start. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. It's, you know, to, to jump into the action, it comes back to the ready, fire, aim. You know, it's like action speaks louder than words. And, you know, one of the traps people fall into sometimes is they get into this perfectionism trap. Like, oh, I have yeah. to perfect my book. I have to get more certifications. If I, you know, I'm going to be a life coach. Oh, I need 10 certifications. You know, I don't feel ready. Yeah. I don't feel confident. And, you know, if you can find the way to just make that leap across the confidence uh, gap, shall we say, and just, you know, get started and get into action. I mean, you don't frankly even need a website to be in business. And if you want to have a website, do a simple one page website, do a, a cover page on Squarespace or, or Wix, or I think there's Instapage, you know, I mean, there's so yeah, many ways yeah. you can just have a one page elegant presence. And the thing is, is to get out there and start talking to people about how you help people, how you want to help people. I mean, I guess the first step is to go back to thinking about, well, how do you want to help people? <laughs> and how yes. are you going to go about doing that? What is your, your signature work? What is your message? Um, and then get out and start talking to people and you'll be amazed at people start crawling out of the woodwork. I mean, one of the things that I've uh, recently started doing is I've started um, engaging more on Facebook. I wasn't I, I admit, you know, I was like yeah. a slow adopter of Facebook. And I famously predicted back in, what was it? Um, it must have been like 1995 when I was in college and waiting at the computer, you know, lab or whatever for yeah. it, it, to be able to email and hotmail. I, I remember I those cues. Predicted, yeah, yeah, after I was waiting yeah. two hours, I yeah. thought, God, this thing is slow, so slow and it's horrible and nobody's ever going to use this email thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's good, you know, I'm not like a tech forecaster, you know, something like that. Cause I got that totally wrong. So it's a little slow with Facebook too. Um, but I started just being of service and engaging in groups on Facebook and people are just finding me and they're messaging me and they're booking appointments with me and they're, you know, signing up to work with me. And you know, it's about putting yourself out there. So whether you do it in a live setting, you know, go to networking events or just start talking to your friends about it or finding those groups that you on Facebook that you feel like you can be of service to and start responding to people's posts and just being of service and saying, hey, here's what I think or here's some tips. Then coming from that place of service will start getting you into action and getting into action in a very authentic way that you can feel great about. You know, it's not like you're trying yeah. to sell people on what you're doing. You're being of service and you're inviting them to join you if it's a right fit for them and a right fit for you. So that's one way you, you know, a really easy and free way that you can get started. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, Paula, we had a Mamika Cooney on the show back in episode oh, yes. 13. And uh, one of the things that she said that really, really stuck with me, um, and I know I've quoted her a few times now over the last couple of episodes, but it's imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. Yes. Uh, I just absolutely yeah. love that. It just get out there, go get it done. Even uh, our latest uh, guest on the show, one of the best quotes we got from them was, get over yourself. Just get yeah. over yourself, get it done and get started. 
Um, yep. And really, that's what it kind of comes down to. You can spend all day planning and prepping and figuring out. No, don't get me wrong. That is needed. But mm. you can pull the trigger, get out there, and then figure it out as you go along. You may find that where you think you're going to uh, to kind of angle your business may not be where you'll end up. In fact, I'd nearly argue that the chances are you won't end up where you thought you were going to be when you started. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's oh, so yeah. true. No, no, no. And you, you have to follow your, you know, follow your intuition. And I'm not, you know, being like, you know, woo-woo here, but, well, I guess it's kind of woo-woo. But, I, you know, I believe we all have a, you know, connection to the divine, to higher self. We all or some, you know, gut feeling, call it gut feeling. Yeah. And you, know, you talk about going in a different direction. I mean, uh, when I first saw Harv speak on stage, I was a certified financial planner working for a major brokerage firm. And, you know, I'd always been into self-development, but it was an like an uh, intuitive feeling I got. I just felt like, gosh, I'm connecting with this guy. I didn't know why. There was no logical reason. And I followed that and I went with that. And when I quit my job as a certified financial planner and I was like, well, I'm going to go. I had bought a bunch of programs from him, thankfully. I mean, thank God, because they changed my life entirely. When I went to the program, like I have time now, I can go to these programs. That was the program at which he said he was looking for somebody to develop his and create his signature retreat program. $20,000 a person is what he wanted to create. And I, it was like lightning struck me. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's for me to do. It's in alignment with the values that I have. So it goes back to values. And did I know anything about planning retreats? No. <laughs> Had I ever been to a $20,000 retreat? no way you know i mean nothing but did that stop me no because i knew i just felt called to do it now it, it took effort it was seven months of continual staying in front of him being there going after it you know but when my friends and family and my logical mind was saying you're crazy you know nothing about this. You know you don't know what you're doing. You're unemployed now. You have no income. You should go get a job. My heart was telling me, no, this is that's not the situation. I need to pursue this opportunity. I felt like I was given this opportunity for a reason, even if it was proving more challenging than I thought it would be. I had, even though I didn't know, you know, quote what I was doing, I had confidence that I could figure it out, and I would figure it out. And I always deliver. I always, you know, if I set my mind to doing something, I always deliver. So I had that faith in myself. And, you know, short story is I got the job. It took my life in a completely different direction. I mean, I never, I didn't even know that that profession, shall we say, existed, that people yeah. could actually make money and make a lot of money doing that. And then once I was doing that and he saw how great I was at doing that, he's like, well, here's all the other programs I want you to go and create and launch and, you know, work with the clients and manage for me. And it just blew my life up in a way that I never could have imagined. I mean, I ended up interviewing for his uh, online membership site. I ended up interviewing people like Marion Williamson and Lisa Nichols and Michael Beckwith, you know, and just like all these people that Jack Canfield and Brian Tracy, I mean, me, little me, I'm thinking I've never done an interview before. You know, sometimes these people are big names and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't, you know, I didn't like, I don't know who they are, but I got like really good at coming up with interviewing questions and just connecting with people. 
And that's how I, you know, I had some really great interviews with people. Could I ever have imagined my life would have gone in that direction? No way, no way. But when you, I, you know, I would encourage people when you feel called to do something and when you get an intuitive hit, you know, that's like, I say, God, you know, spirit opening the door and saying, here's the opportunity. And it's one of those sliding door moments. And you can either go through the open door or continue the life you have out of fear and like yeah. the, the need for security and, and being comfortable and think, God, what if I had taken that opportunity years down the road? You never know where your life may go. And I feel like, you know, the divine God, whoever you want to call it, spirit guides you in the direction that you're meant to go. If you pay attention to those taps or the two by fours, you know, knock over the head, like I got, uh, to finally submit and go in that direction. Um, you, you can do it the easy way, please. Do it the easy way. Go with the taps. Go with your intuition. Yeah. And you're, I think you'll be guided in wonderful ways. It is. And fear is a large part for anybody starting anything new. It's not just about setting up a business, no matter what it is you're trying to do. Fear can often be the one thing that will hold you back. And I remember having an interesting conversation with Paul. We're talking maybe 2007, 2008, Paul. Um, we I'll spoke. refresh my memory. I will, you, you, when, when, when I give you, ago, I'll, I'll give you a little bit, you'll get it. But it was very much when we were starting out and we obviously started off in a, in a fantasy football space where we were talking about the English Premier League. And we okay. kind of had a conversation and we kind of said, well, we're going to do it. And this is what we're going to do. And we kind of go, well, we're going to get absolutely slated because people are going to say, <laughs> well, who are you? Especially with sport, because sport is so subjective. We're going to get absolutely slated where people are going to look at us and go, well, who are you? How can right. you tell me? Where, like, Why should I even listen to you? And mm -hmm. that was one of the big things I remember speaking to you about it, Paul. And you just went, don't worry about it. We'll just do it anyway, be grand. And I went, all right, fair enough. If you're happy, I'm happy. Just as like, I yeah. was a little bit kind of, you know, this could turn ugly. Um, and to this day, I still cannot remember one negative comment that we ever got. Oh, we got negative stuff. There was a lot of hate. <laughs> well, I don't remember. There's Maybe, always going to be haters. You, you know? I, I kind of uh, look on that as a, as a positive thing, because if there was nothing, uh, then, you know, you're not I doing anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and and you're going back to your point about being an expert, that can hold so many people back. So I think, well, I don't have enough certifications. I'm not the top expert mm. in my field. And one of the huge gifts that I got from working with Harv is, honestly, you know, I, I had gone through his programs. I got through 18 of his programs. I mean, I had drunk the Kool-Aid. You know, I had the rose-colored glasses on. I was like, oh, Harv, you know. And when I started working for him, I'm like, oh. He's a regular guy. A you know? guy. I mean, he, he's a regular guy sharing what he feels called to share and his and sharing his message. And every guru out there, every expert, every, you know, Brendan Burchard lives around the corner for me. He is like one of the nicest, awesomest, regular guys that you could meet. And he's making bazillions of dollars. He just happens to be a New York Times bestseller and just, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. That, that's the right. problem. But they all start off, you know, everybody's, you know, just yeah. born the same way. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the problem. The people see way. people see the labels, they see the income, they see the the, the perceived lifestyle maybe, and they think, oh, I'm not that, so I can't be them. Well, don't be yeah. them, but do you. But right. don't worry about what they have or what they don't have or what you think you need to have to start. Just go ahead and start. You will find your own path on the journey you're on. And you will yes. find people who will resonate with you, who will want to learn from you. And it's something I've said in the show time and time again. And I don't care 
if you don't learn from me if you don't learn from paul or anyone else if it's not me okay but find somebody I'm mm-hmm. not that precious to think that I'm the only person out here doing this and, and sharing my knowledge and expertise with you. If you don't resonate with me, if you don't like the way I do things or the way Paul does things, I'm not that precious about it. I don't care, but find somebody mm-hmm. and learn as much as you can from them and stick with them as long as you can until you get to where you want to be. And then you'll find somebody else who will take you on the next step of your journey and stay with them for as long as you can. But don't worry about it. You will find people who will really like you for what you're doing and the message you, you have and the way you teach and the way you share your journey with them, that they're going to stick with you. So just get oh, out yeah. there and do it. Yes. Another point, you know, about being the whole expert thing is people mm. think they have, you know, they have to be the best and you know, you're talking about being you. The reality is that, you know, the people that you can best serve and that will most likely most resonate with you are just a few steps behind you. I mean, you know, I give an analogy that, you know, people, there's this annual lunch with Warren Buffett. And I think the record for the somebody paying to have a lunch with Warren Buffett was 3.2 million dollars now would it if warren buffett said called me up and said hey christine you want to have lunch with me i want to give you some investing tips i mean he's like whoa up there in investing and what he could tell me to do i'd be like oh drinking from the fire hose you know i I couldn't get (laughs) it right but could i learn from somebody who's just a few steps ahead of me absolutely because even you know when you look at your own expertise you're closer to that, your client's mindset and can better identify with the struggles they're going through right now if you're just a bit ahead. So it's like you can reach down your hand, you can help pull them up. But if there's a huge gap in expertise, then it's it's like you're not relatable. You can't you can't connect with that person. Yeah. I think you're well, not you as need, effective. You need to love that beginner's mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easier to do. So it's, no matter where you are in your level of expertise, you are going to be a couple of steps ahead of some, where somebody else is, even or even one step ahead. And so you are an expert to that person. You can help that person. Absolutely. And that's all you need. You don't have to be the top expert. You just kind of work your way up the ladder. And that's fine. I love it. I absolutely love it. Christine, I'm conscious we're getting on for time, so we won't uh, hold on to you. Well, I can talk on this longer. forever. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Right, yeah. um, I'm passionate about it, yeah. But before I let you go, I have one question I ask all of our guests, yes. um, and I get given out to time and time again for it, but I'll ask you anyway. Yeah. Is there one thing, and I'm looking for one, that you have learned over the years that you wish you knew when you started? Yeah, well, it really, you know, I it really comes back to that expert thing. Um, For example, you know, I said I was a certified financial planner. Well, why did I decide to become a certified certified financial planner? Because I wasn't confident in standing in the value that I could provide to my clients. I needed outside validation. Mm -hmm. You know, when I look back at it, I needed outside validation of certified financial planner. And then that also put me into the realm of financial planning experts because less than 2% of you know, financial planners ever even get the CFP designation. So if I, you know, looking back, the thing that I, I would say is don't wait till you feel like you're an expert in something to get going. You know, and I, I really, I, I did manage to overcome that that 
thinking that I had to be an expert in something to go to go after my dreams or to put my message out, out there when I went after that job with HARP for the retreat planning. I mean, I was very aware. I was like, I am so outside of my comfort zone, like way, like it wasn't even to be seen around. But I felt there was something that connected with me that I felt so drawn to that that it was enough to move me past that fear and past that limiting thinking that I had to be an expert or, uh, you know, gosh, I don't know anything about retreat planning, so why would I bother applying? I'm just not going to try. Don't do that to yourself. Go out. If you feel passionate about something, go out there and start doing it. You'll gain the expertise you need and the life experience uh, you need as you go along. And you'll be surprised that the life experience that you've had before magically becomes really relevant to this thing that you didn't even think was related and that people can relate to you better because of your life experience and that they actually are um, impressed and honored by the fact that you're willing to put yourself out there in a big way and take a chance and take a risk and go after what you're dreaming about so that's you know that's what i would really encourage people to do is not wait till you feel like you're ready just do it just, just do, do, it. do it. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. There you go. I told you we were right to start that fancy football yeah. business years ago, Phil. <laughs> there well, you go. If we didn't, we wouldn't be sitting yeah. here now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I think yeah. that's a great way to wrap up the show, Christine. Thank you very much once again for coming on. We really, really appreciate you taking the time of your day to speak to us. Um, before mm -hmm. I let you off the line, you might just tell our audience where they can get a hold of you if they wanted to drop you a tweet yes. or catch you on Facebook, where they can do so. Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at Christine Parma and on Facebook at Christine Parma Empower or you can find me on my website christineparma.com and I also have put together a special bonus for your listeners and that will be on a special hidden page. You guys will put it in the show notes I'm sure um, but it's at christineparma.com front slash content academy bonus. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, listen, we'll make sure to have links to all those in today's show notes, everybody, so you can go ahead and check those out. And I do encourage you to go and check out the bonus. It's pretty awesome. Uh, so go ahead and do that. Christine, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. We will uh, definitely Thank catch you up so again much. soon. And uh, we'll chat to you then. Awesome. Thank you. Ciao. Yes, so that was Christine Parma from christineparma.com. I don't know about you, Paul. I really, really enjoyed today's show. Plenty in it. And uh, we've kind of tried to dispel some of those myths around that dirty word that everyone doesn't like using. Yeah, cash money, motherfucker. Huh? <laughs> All that stuff. Yeah. Um, passion, purpose, profit. I mean, they were key. They're key messages which uh, Christine helps people focus on. Um, and, you know, taking your brilliance uh, and making it, you know, significant and profiting from it and then being able to do good in the world is all, all very, very valid uh, claims and, and a really brilliant business there. Especially I, I like one of the, the pieces that we didn't talk about on the show too much, but, you know, you know, we must we have to, we have to help others, we lift others to help ourselves rise as such. And really, that's kind of what this show is all about. How can we actually help people and then in turn reap the, reap the reward for doing so? 
Um, I mean, what jumped out? What what was your favorite part, Phil? Anything that you think you know we need yeah, to well, underline? Well, really, for me, very early on in the show, we spoke about the mindset and you know how much you want to earn and segmenting that money into what it's going to do for you, for your family, for other people. As we said, you know your philanthropic interests and wherever it might be. And one of the things we spoke about was that you know ten thousand dollars going to a charity. Yes, that's going to to help a certain amount of people. And having that in your mind that this money that I'm going to make is going to help you know forty five, fifty, a hundred, two hundred, whatever it might be, actual people people is a great way of looking at it when you're just really not feeling it and you just can't seem to get 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 going you know and um, that you can look at that and say well if i don't do this i'm not going to be able to help those people and it's a great way of giving yourself a kick in the ass and getting up and getting going yeah just get that work done um as regards you know we didn't talk too much about content we kind of more spoke about getting ourselves in the right mindset to actually create that content. Um, was there anything around the goal setting or, or along those lines that, that resonated with you? Yeah, there was a number of bits that, that Christina spoke about. And again, really, before we even look at kind of setting out our goals, one of the things I just wanted to kind of focus on is that getting started element that we really got stuck into towards the end of the show. You know, about getting past that fear and getting out there and starting whether it's a one-page website you know going to some events you know meeting people and really getting yourself out there and not being hung up on this title of an expert or a guru or anything such like that and not kind of looking at what other people are doing and the kind of perception that they put out of their lifestyle and their expertise and kind of you know you just need to be one step ahead of the person you want to help to be seen by them as someone who can help them I don't want to use the term expert. I don't particularly like the term expert or guru. Um, you know, I will never claim to be one of those, but I do claim to be maybe a couple of steps ahead of some people, and hopefully we can help you do that. And that's one of the things I really wanted to underline today, Paul, is that that's what it's all about. It's, you know, finding where you can help people, the cross-section of your information that people are looking for that you know you can genuinely help them with and bring them on that journey and help them along. Yeah, and I mean... I mean, key takeaway for me was uh, probably building on your point there was deciding how you can impact people, you know, and that was something which came up and that's important because a lot of the time people might look towards some other successful online entrepreneurs or anything along those lines and maybe be guilty of copycatting a little bit when they're not actually focusing on, well, you know, how are you actually going to impact people? You know, you don't want to just copy, you want to be original. Uh, and obviously, the, the more authentic it is, the greater value that you'll bring to the market uh, and the higher you'll be rewarded for doing that. So that was one thing. And then the second piece which jumped out and I thought was quite important is using systems to leverage your time. Okay, so that's great. You've figured out how you can actually impact people or a person you know, or a, a certain tribal. Now, how can you get systems to actually, you know, make more of your time. So, for example, I could spend two hours helping one person or could I spend two hours helping 10 people at the same time and talking about figuring out how you would do that. So using structure and using um, systems to repurpose content or perhaps having a signature course or something along those lines, which will, uh, in essence, help your message reach more and more people. Uh, and I think that's something that we really need to, to think about when we're in this kind of this online business space is... People need to consume content at their own time and we want to get away from 
the direct exchange of time for money is such. So um, I think it's probably worth maybe speaking to Christine again because there's a lot of stuff we didn't dig into because we're very mindful of uh, keeping the show within an hour or such uh, or as close to that as we can. Um, but I think at the very least, there are a couple of, speaking of the money mindset and then having those kind of ideas, you need to be thinking of that in the back of your mind and be able to answer them well for your business and if you can't answer them well there's a, there's a little bit of work that needs to be done there because um a lack of focus is going to lead to a lack of uh, lack of progress yeah i couldn't have said it better myself paul i think we will wrap it up there for today's show folks thank you very much once again for tuning in and thanks again to christine for taking the time to come on today's show you can get all of today's show notes including christine's bonus if you head over to content.academy forward slash episode 35 that's episode 35 but until next time folks have a great day and we'll chat to you again soon